Welcome back to Fortitude, everybody. The giggling voice is that one of Brenton Payne, my co-host J.W. Wilson here. We have with us today the infrastructure king, Mr. Bill Meadows, sitting between us. Hello, Mr. Bill. How are you guys? Bill, thanks for being here. Seriously, good to be thank with you. you to CapTex Bank for making this all possible. We know Mike up upstairs at, at CapTex, you know, pushes all the buttons and pulls all the strings to make all this beautiful stuff happen, and he allows us to have great guests like this. This guy, by the way, interesting cat, one of the great bills of the world that, I, that I've looked at. He's a lot better than it's, you know the Cosbys and the Clintons and the Russells and the and the and there's lots of bills, right? This guy is a member of the DFW Airport Board of Directors, the chair of High Speed Rail Commission DFW, chairman emeritus of Hub International. The most important thing we're talking about today, co-chairman of the Fort Worth Report. Uh, I'm reading this, so I hope you don't mind. That's fine. It's former Fort Worth City you're Councilman. You're reminding me. It's like an obituary. Yes. <laughs> There's lots more to go. <laughs> Mayor Pro Tem, which I'd like to ask you about that in a second, because I don't even know what that means, but I know that's it's a big deal. Former TxDOT Commissioner, Texas Water Development Board appointee, uh, bachelor's degree from Southwestern University, and someplace in Grantham, England, Harlexton Institute is where you were a graduate from. Mm -hmm. Where the hell's Harlexton Institute? It's in Lincolnshire, about 120 miles north of London. And How did was, you arrive there? It was a uh, it was a program that was related to Southwestern University. Okay, that was about 50 years ago. Who's so the soccer it, team from there? Does <laughs> Lincolnshire have its own? Like, I don't know. Team? I don't remember. That was so long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> well, great before your time, Bill, for sure. So I'm supposed. To, I'm, I know this comment is coming out, but. This guy knows quite a bit about infrastructure in this town because he tells me all the time about it. But I got to believe you know a thing or two more than this guy. Fair to say? I don't know about that. I mean, I he certainly so. is an expert. <laughs> well, we're titling you the infrastructure king or the infra king. Yeah, infra, infra king. king. Yes. Okay. Well, it's, I think at one time you told me, Billy said, "Look, developing economies need what? Like you can you can answer. You know, uh, go ahead. Well, it's but it, 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 I mean, public infrastructure is is foundational." Uh, to any community, to any state, to any region, to any country. I mean, without the 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 adequate, predictable, reliable um, sources of water, for example, uh, wastewater treatment, um, roadway infrastructure, aviation, rail, without those fundamentals, I mean, civilizations basically are built on the foundation of infrastructure. So it is that important. It is foundational. And you've you've managed to find a life completely surrounded by it but where did that come from i mean was it were you sitting over there in lincolnshire one day and said damn i'm just so fascinated by all this how where the where the toilets flush and all that like how does that come about well i mean I, that's a good question it really is I, uh, 30 years ago i would say as a member of the fort worth city council as we wrestled with uh, aging infrastructure um very specifically our, our our public streets in fort worth um, and this is 1990, 91. Also, water was a big issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I became involved as an, a, the city, city's representative on Tarrant Regional Water District's advisory board um, yeah. and got to know water and began to really appreciate and understand the complexity of the delivery of raw water to large populations. And at the same time, uh, focused somewhat on, on, on city roadway. That just led to a lifelong interest and in, in recognition of the importance of infrastructure, and um, I guess it, I guess that really was the genesis of my interest. You started off going to school at Pasco High School, correct? That's right. Did 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 you have when you were at school then? Is this kind of what you want to do with your life, or did you when did this become part of the thing? And from Pasco High School, 
what was uh, what was going on in your life at that time. And Let me ask you forward. this. At 17 or 18, did you know what you wanted to do or had an inkling <laughs> I, at all you know, what you wanted to do? Have I, know, I know what my, yeah, yeah. I, I know what my focus was work. and it yes. was not on yeah. infrastructure. <laughs> right, right, right. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. Fair, fair question, fair question. <laughs> what, what was happening in Fort Worth when, back in the, those days at Pascal High School, if you mind me asking? Uh, Fort Worth is, is, is just bigger, but it's the same, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I mean, it really was, I mean, it was a, a, a Fort Worth is a wonderful place to grow up and I uh, believe still is. Yes, sir. City council, then the water development board, right? Somewhere. That's correct. That lineage. That's was, correct. Was that because of this aha moment of, boy, the city pays for this water. Where does this water planning, that kind of thing come from? You know, cause you seem to be a curious guy, like the next, well, there actually was in the in the, 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 the Lieutenant Governor Bob Bullock in this uh, legislative session in 1997 uh, recognized that Texas was really deficient in terms of water planning, planning for the entire state, mm -hmm. and he created a a, a plan. Uh, it was actually embodied in Senate Bill One out of that Buster session, yeah. And they they came out with a, a process by which we we. Uh, was dictated, stipulated as to what the what the actual um, process would be mm -hmm. um, to plan for for Texas future water needs over a fifty year horizon, and each part of the state was divided into into smaller units, and those those units produced plans that became uh, amalgamated into the state water plan. I was appointed to uh, by the Water Development Board to our regional planning group. Okay. And really learned a lot. And I, I for some reason, um, ended up basically being elevated, if you will, from from the region, our region's planning group to the actual state water board, which is a five-member board appointed by the governor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was actually appointed by, by then-Governor Bush. Okay. Will you tell us about some of the issues that we're facing as far as water's concerned? That's yeah, a absolutely. really hot topic. It it is, and it's 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 it seems to be always uh, uh, more pronounced in the middle of a drought right. because we recognize the challenges. You know, the state water plan basically, as I as I mentioned, focuses on a fifty year horizon, and it's it's real, it's it's basically simple in terms of the in terms of the components. It is an assessment working with the state demographer of what the state's population will look like. And then from that, um, a, a calculation is made of what the demand per capita will be, mm -hmm. and you project out over a 50-year period, then do a calculation of what current supplies are and reliable supplies are. And then at some different points in, 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 in the future, you can determine very quickly if there is a deficiency and how, how great that deficiency is and in what parts of the state very specifically. And so what it basically says is that this state is going to be water short um, in that 30 to 50 year horizon and very closer to home in our region, uh, despite some significant efforts advancing and in, in increasing our water supplies a lot through conservation and reuse. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to have some challenges that are going to need to be met. And many will argue that that conservation and reuse will not enable us to accomplish it, and we're going to need to look for a new water source within the state, or or possibly across state lines. I mean, well, possibly across state lines. It certainly has been a possibility, although. Uh, as we've looked to Oklahoma, there are many obstacles, uh, statutorily and legally, mm -hmm. uh, that have come into play that 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 will that will be make that difficult. Uh, there is a, a a proposed reservoir in East Texas on the Sulphur River, um, called tentatively called the Marvin Nichols Reservoir. Huge 
would be a huge water supply, but but would inundate vast areas of of pristine and ecologically important lands. So probably be a major fight over yeah. that. Uh, was already controversial when I was on the board in 2000, 2001, and it's even more controversial today. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot written about it. There have been other other possibilities. Uh, uh, Toledo Bend is an existing reservoir. be a long, long pull by pipeline and mostly uphill, and that's mm-hmm. very expensive. But that, too, is an alternative. There are many alternatives that have been, that have been identified. And so, you know, you, you've got to applaud Tarrant Regional Water District and Dallas Water Utilities as, as working together in a collaborative fashion. Uh, they've got a project right now that, that's, that's bringing water into Lake uh, 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 Palestine mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, Palestine up to, up to uh, uh, Cedar Creek. It's a billion and a half or more dollar project. Very innovative and it's going to, to extend uh, our capacity extensively into the future. So I think the I think good forces are at work here to address those issues. But I think the bottom line of all this is we're going to need more water and it's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And we're going to witness that maybe from states out in the West sure. uh, beforehand to help with yeah. that. Yeah. This is not meant to be a funny question, but do you guys ever discuss like the 50-year plan? Like what happens in, in, a, in a severe drought when water does not come what happens to a city like Fort Worth? Is there a, uh, an idea of what would happen, like doomsday, worst case scenario type? No, of thing? because 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 of the because of planning and uh, and and water infrastructure development beginning in the 1950s, really after the 1950s drought, our region got very serious about water because it recognized right. exactly what you've said that that in in the 1950s we were really water short. And we, you know, leadership in the 50s into the 60s and 70s said this isn't going to happen again. So we've been developing uh, systematically and thoughtfully water resources ever since the 50s. Yes, sir. And um, I, I think with, with, a, with a planning horizon of 50 years, um, I, 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 think we will, I think we will figure out a way to meet our water needs. And I don't think we're going to be there because we're, gonna, we're going to be ahead of it. But uh, I, I'd have to emphasize again the expense of that, you know, that the next water resource that we develop is going to be very expensive. And it's I think- an amazing conversation. You, I mean, I, so like, do you remember the story? We've all read the story about Lake Mead out in Las Vegas. Sure. It's so low that Las Vegas is talking, having the same conversations. And I got to believe any city is doing the same thing you're talking about right now, planning for the future water. So while we're doing this, you're doing these things, everybody else is doing the same thing. So water is obviously being talked about a lot and being stretched thin and then a city like Las Vegas is saying that they're going to be out of water in the next 10 years or something. Yeah. And they're finding all these ships and bodies and things in the lake now because yeah. it's so low. Yeah. But this is an amazing topic. Like people take for granted such a simple thing like water. It really could be a, a, ba- a bad deal if we don't do the things you're doing, the 50-year plan you're speaking of. Well, it's interesting. The the We are, I guess, in uh, probably the fourth plan because the state, the statute dictates that that the plan be revised every five years so it extends out that 50 years continues yeah to and it's 20 out. years ago it's like 2001 when senate bill one went through right approximately well it was 1997 was the was the session in which senate bill one was passed okay um and every fifth year and so the first plan was was produced i believe we i was on that board then i believe it was in 2000 or 2001 that we actually produced the very first plan mm-hmm. um but that plan is dynamic. You know, it's revised every year. A lot of interesting components in those plans. I mean, for one thing, you know, the primary, the, the largest consumer of water in the state of Texas is, is agriculture. Okay. 
I mean, that's just, a, you know, you'd think it would be agriculture and irrigation. I guess that's mm -hmm. the way to say it because, you know, golf courses and lawns and you take an area like the Dallas-Fort Worth area where where we landscape extensively uh, versus an area like El Paso where they don't. And there's a reason they don't is because their water resources are so limited. So our per capita co uh, 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 consumption of water per person in the Dallas-Fort Worth area probably still averages about 250 gallons, and I'm going to guess El Paso is 120. Per, per person. person. Per person per year? Per day. Per day. Holy cow. The that's showers. Un that's the, unbelievable. All of it. You know, and, and also... We need to stop showering, I think, to do our part, Britton. I didn't shower this morning before okay, good, this. Good. As, as honor for Bill. Well, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's but, you know, you can appreciate what's, what's into all those numbers is the... Uh, 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 is the irrigation oh my yeah. sprinklers? I mean, that's just you know we run our sprinklers. Well, I mean, you know, the long term, the long term, uh, 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 one of the long term uh, fixes, if you will, is going to be con continuing to 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 reduce that 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 consumption. Mm -hmm. And but that's 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 into the future. I yes, think sir. we we can all still have our St. Augustine lawns for a little while longer. Good. good. Well, but then to take it to a more macro level, that's something that I asked you. You know, we talked about water rights and who's mm -hmm. able to pull from various sources sure. like rivers and who's able to right. dam this up because if right. I dam up a river here, I'm stopping you from your mm -hmm. use. So right. who has the rights? But then you were really articulate one time and you said to me, Well, Brenton, I mean the source of marine life begins in these bays, and so maybe get into that, Bill. Well, there's the there's there's there, and then there's that. I mean, it is it is it's you know some of our 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 our, our reuse efforts are really interesting, utilizing these wetland cells in the in the at Richland Chambers, uh, Richland Chambers Reservoir southeast of Fort Worth, which is one of Tarrant Regional Water District's uh, premier reservoirs, and really very important to our system. You know. The Trinity River flows that direction. We actually, they, Tarrant Regional Water District, pulls water out of the Trinity that is that is largely treated wastewater from Dallas Fort Worth. If you get downstream from Dallas, that water is pulled out and pumped into a series of, of several thousand acres of wetlands. Mm -hmm. These wetland cells, and then that natural process cleans that water remarkably well. That water goes back into Rich and Chambers and is piped back up to, to Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a circulation system. And what that means, though, is that water, as it continues to stay in circulation, does not stay in the river and ultimately go into Trinity Bay. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. what we know is that that much marine life, you know, is 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 created in in our bay systems. And that means that fresh water is an essential element to that, the mix of fresh and salt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to ensure that we have a constant flow of fresh water into our bay and estuary systems. So there's a whole environmental overlay that further complicates this, this, this question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is not a simple question. No. And, and far too long has been probably spent on it because you've lived a big life and we need to get to other parts. Well, of it. it's just that. And I must say that, that my, my, you know, my water experience was I, I left the state water board in 2008. So I'm a little rusty on some of this, but I still remember a lot of it. Then, so water. Oh, go ahead, Jada. I was like, can we step into the, the international airport board that you're currently serving sure. on. Real briefly, tell us about that and what, what issues you're facing with the airport. Well, real quick, if we can go to TxDOT, because yeah, yeah. you went water to TxDOT, right? I Pretty did. Much. I did. Well, I did. I, I actually uh, stepped down from the water board, and within a month or so, I can't remember exactly, but very quickly, 
uh, in the in Rick Perry's administration, I moved to uh, the 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 TxDOT Commission. So we're going from flushing the toilet, taking a shower, to driving to work. That's correct. And the importance of that, and moving of the goods that we have in our homes. So take us through that then. Just a, a again a very complex proposition, um, hugely expensive. I mean, t- 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 the Texas Department of Transportation operates. Uh, the most extensive system of uh, system of roadways and bridges in the entire country. That probably comes as no mm-hmm. surprise. It's eighty thousand miles of road. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's extraordinary, and um, uh, with a population that was growing dramatically, um, and not enough capital capacity to meet uh, demand, mm-hmm. um, that equation yields uh, congestion in the extreme, and. We began to, to, the commission right before I came on had already embarked upon or launched a pretty uh, ambitious and innovative program of utilizing public-private partnerships where we actually put uh, state monies into projects with private developers. And we were able to leverage probably a dollar three times so we were building roads in some cases with 30 cents of state dollars, if you will, mm-hmm. and 65 to 70 cents of, of, of public dollars, mm-hmm. which enables us enabled us to stretch the state resources out significantly. And while I was there, it was really interesting. And the Metroplex alone, in, 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 in combination with the North Texas Tollway Authority Board, and I also served as vice chair of that oh, board yeah, previously, right, right. but... But that was a, a, a really interesting because we developed in that six-year period a, just over $18 billion in roadway infrastructure in this region, including for Fort Worth, uh, 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 the, the, the uh, Chisholm, Trail, yeah. Chisholm Trail Parkway, yeah. which we're sitting right on today. Yeah. So, you know, it's really it's amazing to see what all was developed. And since I left the commission in 2013, I think about the population growth in this region, and we're not building roadways um, um, or expanding roadways at the rate we need to to continue to meet this 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 growth. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a million people every ten years, um, it would be it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really challenging to do that. It may not be possible. I think we're going to live with congestion, but um, uh, I th- we've got to continue to commit to do that. And the state has some 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 fundamental challenges that I don't think people really think about that. And that is everybody thinks, well, we pay for our road because we buy, uh, we, there's a, uh, uh, there's a gasoline tax mm-hmm. and you think, well, Tesla, think about electric cars. You look at electric vehicles and they are driving on that roadway, consuming the same basic amount of space that you are having the same basic roadway impact. And they're not paying anything and you're paying all of it. Right. But more interesting to me and maybe more complicated is the fact that that when the gas tax was last increased in the early 90s in Texas, you know, the 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 the, the gas mileage of the average vehicle was probably 15 miles to gallon and it's probably 30 today. Well, we vowed to continue to drive SUVs for that. Said for that just purpose. to keep yes. keep that revenue keep yes. that revenue coming in. Well, that's a good Burning thing. Burning my trash as well. well. That's, yes. that's, that's, yes. So, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of us still, you know, have a ranch truck, you know. We yeah. we we burn plenty of gas, sure. you know, particularly put a trailer but on you're there. Right. And it, you know, just, like and I think that that's where we are without getting way into yeah. this. Sure. And then we'll get to the DFW. Sure. Because you'll probably be able to articulate it on airlines too. There, there's ideas and movement and technology, but there's still this old school, if you will, way of doing things that is still providing the 
the basis of all of this stuff, right? Right. Well, I mean, the the bottom line of that of that finance conversation is very simple, and that is there are many, many more roads on the on the on on our roadways in Texas that are paying less cars and, on the roads. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 so we've had to look at other sources of revenue, and we're going to have to figure out the the electric vehicle question. That will have to be. It's only fair to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I I see. Texas continues to advance and advancing uh, roadway infrastructure. We need to get back to utilizing uh, public-private partnerships again in a major way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always the projects that I was involved in uh, at the textot level. If there were tolls involved, there had to be a free alternative. You know, and that's true with the projects we did in the Metroplex. They're toll lanes, but if you don't want to pay the toll, you don't have to pay the toll. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and and as a result of utilizing those, again, we probably developed three times more miles of roadway than we would have just straight up financing those with state dollars. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see the state's transportation future. That's really interesting, Bill. I, seriously, we could spend an hour on each of these topics. Sure, I, but yeah. Now we moved to yeah. the DFW air. airport. Okay. Board. What, what's, what are some issues that are facing the airport right now? And what, what's tell us what's going on well, there. I mean, let's begin with this. DFW Airport right now um, is, from a passenger perspective, number of passengers that come through DFW Airport, we're positioned as as the second busiest airport in the world. Oh, wow. I don't think people know that. Mm, absolutely I not. mean, we, have, we serve over 250 nonstop destinations uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You That's can get incredible. to anywhere in this country um, – virtually anywhere in this country from DFW airport nonstop, not to mention 71 international destinations. People don't recognize that. We have probably 12 to 14 million. It's off a little bit because of COVID coming back, but, but international passengers. And we serve Asia. You think about the, the, the countries that, that we serve international, extensive system in Europe, South America, Mexico, and the Middle East. Number two in the world. Mm-hmm. Who's number one? Well, Atlanta from a passenger standpoint. I'll be damned. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that, I'll just, just, just throw this out. You know, Atlanta has a single airport, and they have about they have just over 100,000 passengers. We'll have 78, probably, I'm sorry, 100, 100 million passengers. We have, we'll probably have, I think, budgeted to have 78 million in this, mm-hmm. in the, in this year. Um, Atlanta is a single airport serving, serving that region. But our region currently is served by two airports. And if you add the, the passenger totals of the two, right. our air traffic is in passenger count is very similar. Uh, but but that's just that's all about bragging rights. The fact is that more importantly uh, and significantly, it has been the single most um, uh, important and dynamic uh, economic catalyst for this region. If you look at corporate relocations uh, and you look at new businesses, um, DFW Airport would be at the very top of their list as to why they located here. I mean, if you if we walked over to, to uh, Toyota and Plano today and say, why are you here? Absent DFW, they would not be here. Right. They're yeah. nonstop. I mean, they have nonstop flights on a daily basis to Japan on a, on a daily basis. Kubota. Mm-hmm. You know, just go down the list of companies yeah. that are here, the big relocations, the Fortune 500 companies, but not just the Fortune 500 companies. You know, it's it is all the the the, the smaller business that's that cumulatively are maybe more important, like the tentacles that come off of those. Big sure, companies absolutely, too. absolutely. It's like an exponential effect. So, 
that is a, a, a now you know DFW Airport as a facility is is basically a city. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about um, um, the economic impact of DFW is estimated to be about forty billion on an annual basis. Forty billion, amazing. It really is. And you look at the number of direct employees out there. I mean, the employment base out there is several hundred thousand. You know, by the time you go through the, yeah. the airlines and yeah. all the suppliers and the and the concessionaires, um, DFW, we have about 2,000 employees, direct employees of the airport. Um, but it's really an exciting place. And, 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 and sometimes I don't think I really appreciate what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, think about it. You live in Austin. You got to get on a little jaunt to come to DFW. Like this is the place that you leave. That's right. And, and from all over, in in I guess exceeding Houston too, with those flights, right? Well, Houston's about forty in the forties, 40, yeah. 40 million passengers, and we're at close to eighty. Yeah. So that tells you. Sure. Bill, how often does the board meet at the airport? How often do you deal with uh, airport issues? The actual board meetings are the first week of every month, and there are a series of committee meetings. Um, uh, I currently chair the operations committee. Having I, I chaired the board in the past, um, but now I chair the operations committee. The committees of the board meet uh, the first Tuesday of every month, and then the full board meets um the full board meets on the thir- first Thursday of every month. Um, but in addition to that, uh, particularly um, the committee chairs uh, are pretty involved right. on a weekly basis in a number of different issues. I imagine this is some intense meetings you guys are having with all this going on <laughs> that you just said, holy cow. It's- so, uh, okay, so then let now let's move to, because some people might um, think that these compete with each other, the high-speed rail stuff. Yeah. So, so how does that all work, and how does it work in your mind too? Where clearly you think there's enough for everybody, uh, enough people here to move all of. Oh, absolutely. Around. I mean, given just if you step back and talk about, just remember what I was talking about in terms of our roadway infrastructure and congestion. You look at the links between uh, our major metropolitan areas in the state of Texas, and you know, I thirty five, I forty five, both are congested significantly and not going to get better. I mean, they, as, 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 as we grow, they're going to, uh, traffic will continue to increase. It's difficult to even consider expanding. We just finished a, a, a $2 billion expansion on 35, mm-hmm. adding, adding a third lane. I mean, adding a, a, a third lane on each side for 91 miles from Hillsborough, um, South, um, you know, that's, that's, that was done when I was on the commission, just was funded and was finished a couple of years ago. Um, and it, it, it will, we never seem to be able to catch up to that, to that growth. So, so it's natural to think that there may be another alternative. The other thing to note is that, that airlines, uh, like a Southwest that's, that's bread and butter was always, um, 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 Dallas love Houston hobby, mm-hmm. um, and our, our Houston hobby, Dallas love, if you live in Houston, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, know, you think about that, and you know their their daily flights in 1995 were something like 38. I mean, I can't. I, I saw. I've seen that number before, and it's probably 20 today. Yeah. Uh, Southwest has better economic opportunities in terms of deploying that capital asset. You know, they can make more money flying to distance. Mm-hmm. And remember, you know, a, 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 about 35 percent of an airline's cost is fuel. And um, that's just a rough average. Um, but, you know, a, a, a jet aircraft consumes its fuel on takeoff and climbing. Mm. And once it gets to 30-something thousand feet with that thin air, you know, it's sipping fuel. And so, 
you know, you can charge more for the longer flight and, and, and make more money. Yeah. So the, 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 the short hauls are not as I assume, and I'm not in the airline business, but, but my assumption is that, 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 that there's greater profitability on, on the longer flights than mm-hmm. therefore, you know, that's going to happen. So that brings us to high speed rail and why high speed rail might fit. If you get to Japan and look at the, uh, uh the high speed rail system in Japan, you know, anything that's a, that's a 200 mile, uh, or 250 mile uh, distance, there is no air service. It's all high speed rail. Yeah, you know, it's just the way it is, and 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 you know, very efficient. The Japanese trains move a thousand people or so in, per train um, at speeds, you know, up to 200. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, in Texas, this Texas Central Rail project, which is a private venture that was a joint venture, really, I'm going to describe it as a joint venture. I don't know its exact structure, but it's uh, but it's bet- between Japanese interests and 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 local interests, private interests. You know that project or that arrangement seems to be uh, in a state of flux at this point. Yeah. Um, we created the the uh, uh, high speed rail commission DFW, recognizing that their proposal, initial proposal, had that train running from Houston to Dallas, and we on the west side of the Metroplex were concerned that if that was the terminus of the train, that it could have a serious negative impact on the western side of the Metroplex, specifically Fort Worth, and so some of us in Fort Worth lobbied for that and I agreed to chair that initiative. So we've worked pretty closely with the Texas Central Rail people and really through the the Council of Governments, the Regional Transportation Council, who's kind of taken the lead for us uh, in advancing the project. We actually have a, a Dallas to Fort Worth uh, project uh, that's in the environmental evaluation stage um, we don't have. We have not identified uh, sources of capital. We've talked to a number of different um, international entities who have had an interest in perhaps joining with us and developing mm-hmm. the project. I think the project is is a. It's dependent upon, or maybe even contingent upon, the Houston to Dallas um, piece being developed. That would trigger, and we probably would work, and are already working very closely with Texas Central Rail in their planning. Yep. So. So I think it becomes one project is what I think happens. Well, when, you think about even something like the uh, ExxonMobil XTO move right down to Houston and all mm-hmm. these guys who are about our age or older going, man, I got to retire because I'm not going to move down. You yeah. think about what yeah. a high-speed rail might have done to that equation sure. like that, whether it gets them down to an apartment every night or at least getting some daily trips and things. I mean, it's just... It, I, and who likes to get on 35 or 45 and drive? I mean, yeah. it's just no fun. Well, one of the things we talked about in this, in, in just, just in the conceptual discussion, was that if you, if, if you get high-speed rail to downtown Fort Worth, and we've identified an actual station site, which is just north of the Intermodal Center, um, that sets up for a, a, an easy turn down the 35 corridor. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if that's how that would ever, if that's exactly how that would be developed, I don't know. But there's been that discussion. So you know, you're talking about uh, probably, uh, I think Texas Central Rail was projecting an hour and fifteen minute run from Dallas to Houston. Um, that's pretty fast. Yeah, um, that's really faster than you could do it. Um, uh, the actual travel, full travel time, 
from uh, Dallas to Fort Worth. And well, and, and if you for in a jet aircraft, if, if oh, you yeah. get on Southwest, just the time by the time you get to the airport, check in. There's like you. This is very different. I mean, you know, you step on the train an hour and fifteen minutes. You're you're there. Yeah. Um. And the Dallas the Dallas station location is just south of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um. You know so. And our station, you know, in downtown Fort Worth, uh, the way we have it, uh, it, that would be another uh, probably less than 20-minute run from from Dallas to Fort Worth. Right. Uh, Austin would be maybe an hour, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Bill, so, you talk, this has been a long-standing issue. People have talked about this high-speed rail thing for a while. Is there a realistic expectation of when this might actually go down? Because no. I think it's, it's so, is it so far, is it 10 years plus? I think so. I really do, just because the environmental clearance, the, the Texas Central Rail Project was fairly far along, and I don't, again, know what 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 transpired. Mm-hmm. They seem to be, it seems to be in a state of flux, I think is what I said, and I think that's it. It's just, it's kind of unknown, and I think they're working through some challenges. Mm-hmm. I think if they get those, if they work through those challenges, identify the sources of capital necessary to d- develop a project, I think that project could advance very quickly. Right. I mean, but they've got it, but those are, those are, big butts i mean those are big obstacles to get over and i've got some confidence in that in that leadership you know that you got a good fort worth guy john klein right. very involved he's as smart as they come mm-hmm. um you know you got uh, jack matthews in dallas mm-hmm. you know, is very involved same i mean they, they you've got some good people that are involved in that project and they may they I, i'm betting they'll make it happen Right. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what the time frame Fair. is on that one. That one's tough. Bill, your your civic engagement is incredible, whether it be through boards and all these things you're doing. Are you one of those guys that we know that has a hard time saying no to people? You seem to be involved <laughs> in so many things. This is incredible. Well, I have the opportunity. I really have been blessed with many opportunities, and, and, and I have to uh, I have to really carefully assess, you know, any requests that I mm-hmm. get at this point in time because I'd like to slow down a little bit and – you know, I don't do anything unless I really feel like that that I could could uh, be accretive to the to a positive outcome. I really don't just don't I just don't do it. If I feel like I can I can actually have a positive effect on something, you know, then I I would I'd, I'd get involved. And speaking of positive effects, your most recent endeavor, mm-hmm. the Fort Worth Report. Where, or the, <laughs> Look at the way you. The piece, I was going to jump in with peace. <laughs> there was just my God. It's like you're figure skating with. I this was holding on to that hook for the one last <laughs> chance. Well. I mean, the, the thank you for asking. I mean, that's that's really exciting uh, for me, and I think for Fort Worth, uh, there was a the, the the genesis of that is that there was a group of of Fort Worth business people mostly that that informally came together and were concerned about our daily newspaper. And we begin with this, you know, an informed citizenry is a powerful citizenry. You know, a city without a voice is a very weak city. Mm-hmm. It's fragmented. If people, if the citizenry is not informed, recognizing what's going on in their community, and if there's not a source of information that is reliable and credible, um, then the city, a city suffers. And you see that all across the country. I mean, hundreds of daily newspapers have have failed. Yes, sir. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 old business model of the newspaper is in is in serious decline and we see it and it continues to this day and you see our local newspapers morning news and star telegram my understanding is they continue to lose readership i mean they're trying to pick it up on the on the digital side and maybe they are and i hope i wish them the best um but the our local newspaper for star telegram and i've been a reader since i was could read um, and still read today and have a tremendous amount of respect for the institution. But the fact is, it was not providing the depth of local coverage that, that this group of men 
and women felt like that this community needed. And so uh, Wes Turner, former publisher of the Star-Telegram, and a really talented media person and a, and a wonderful man, um, and I were tasked with the responsibility for exploring the creation of a, of, of a new entity, a new, new publication to fill that void. Right. And um, we launched 18 months ago the Fort Worth Report, uh, we have a great board of directors. We have a publisher named Chris Cobbler who came from the Victoria Advocate. Um, he has assembled a, a newsroom now of, we have a total staff now of 18. Uh, we, pr- we produce uh, a, a digital publication six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Uh, we produce a, a business newsletter every Monday, and uh, a, a newsletter focused on, on education mm-hmm. every Tuesday. Um, our readership is 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 pushing to, our subscription subscribers now pushes twenty thousand. Fantastic! In eighteen months, um, uh, you know I can't quantify all. I can't remember all the stuff. I see a lot of analytics, and I'm, I'm an old enough guy. But that you I guys got, are covering things that the other guys aren't as much. City hall, right? Commissioners' court, water district. What, yeah, tech. I mean, I would imagine tech. You know, some some of this infrastructure speak that we've just had. Where it's like, guys, there's a place where your toilet yeah. flushes and it goes, you know, and and yeah. how you drive on the roads, that kind of thing. You know, it's interesting to me. When I was on the city council, you all will appreciate this. Um, I thought about it not long ago, and and there were there were there were there were five Star Telegram reporters or columnists that on a daily basis, regular basis, um, covered Fort Worth City Hall. Now I'm gonna tell you, we had two Dallas Morning News reporters. One full-time, one part-time covered City Hall, in addition to all of the broadcast media. And if you don't think that builds an element of real accountability mm-hmm. uh, into into your elected officials, your elected those elected bodies, you're crazy. Because I'm telling you, you thought about every decision because you knew every word you spoke. And, and every action you took was going to be reported and reported on extensively. And, and that newspaper was landing um, on the doorsteps of over 200,000 households every day. And that was the old adage, right? You don't want to be on the cover of that the next day. And I think that is one of the, one of the cornerstones of, of our democracy and in participatory government. If you don't have a citizenry that is informed, that really understands what's going on, that ask hard questions of elected officials and and public officials, city managers, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those 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 make a difference. And absent that, bad things happen. What if somebody comes to you and says, "But you're nonprofit and you're taking money from foundations who have their own ideas." Is there a is there a firewall there? And uh, yes, let me just say that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, we have a an absolute uh, impenetrable firewall between our board of directors, governance, if you will, and the newsroom. We, I don't, I, I mean, I don't see a story before it's published. I don't know what they're writing about. You know, I just know it's important, and I know that in order for them to be successful, that they're going to have to have the financial resources uh, necessary to be successful, and. Wes and I have have led the effort to to raise those funds, and we really the, 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 our focus on 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 transparency in that regard is intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a story even mentions or hints of say a foundation that's been a contributor, that's disclosed. We disclose we disclose all of our contributors. Our board of directors is fully disclosed. 
um, there is, and there are other models for this in the country. Yeah. So just so everyone, our five readers or our five audience members know, that was not a planned question. And when I was asking, I was like, oh man, am I going to piss Bill off by asking this right now? I was like, this could go either way. So I'm glad it went the way. Bill, I'm, I'm happy to report to you. You're sitting with two subscribers here in front of you today. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank we you. I'm glad. Yeah. But I got to tell you, so our, our parent company, Roxa Media House, right. we, we employ several people that are former Star Telegram yes. writers of sorts. Uh, I got to believe you probably get calls and have some people on staff now that are former Star Telegram employees as well. Yes, we do. Is this a constant thing? Because listen, McClatchy is a, a beast, and they're they're okay losing money across the the world. However, they do it. Star Telegram obviously holds a primary place in this in this city, but it's not doing its job. To your point, we all agree with that. Are they going to one day go go out? Do we feel that way? And and are these people essentially? Are you getting calls all the time from their reporters wanting to come work for you? Because I know a few of them already are doing that, and it just seems to be the constant the, uh, default to just go to the fourth reporter or some other place here in town that's doing what you guys are doing. We certainly we certainly hear from from reporters. Mm -hmm. I mean, from not just the Star Telegram, from from a, across across print media across right. the region, without a doubt. I mean, and that would be natural. You would you would expect mm -hmm. that. And I, I certainly can't speak to uh, uh, McClatchy or, or 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 the the hedge fund. Um, I, I, I don't know what their plans are, and um, that's really not our focus. I mean, I feel, I really feel like that what we do complements what the Star Telegram does. I mean, there's a you know I said earlier a void. Well, I, I think that it was not because the Star Telegram didn't want to cover a lot of the things that that they didn't cover. They just didn't have the uh, reporting depth to do so. Mm -hmm. And what we basically bring to the table is a slightly different perspective in the sense that we really are focused on the local institutions of government, arts, entertainment. I mean, we're not focused. If you look at, you look at the Fort Worth report, we don't cover crime. Star Telegram does a fine job of covering local crime. They really do. They do. Mm -hmm. They cover sports. We don't cover sports. Yeah. You know, we both cover some things. We overlap in some areas, but, but they certainly do a lot of things that we don't and we never will do. Right. So I don't really see that as competition. I see it as complimentary. That's a great segue because I want to ask you about the future of the Fort Worth Report. Uh, your, gro your growth is steady and strong. Do you feel like at some point you'll cover more crime, more sports, or is it always going to be the way it is? Because your readership is significant. Do you think that one day you'll, you might actually turn to a, 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 another version of the Star-Telegram, the new improved version? No, I mean, what I think is that that right now we are trying – we are really focusing our attention on – the things that we feel like we do well and we would like to do those better. Nice. Um, but I do think that there are areas in which we could enhance our coverage. I think that we could certainly enhance our, our, our arts and entertainment mm. uh, coverage because I think there's so Fort Worth is such a, uh, such a rich place in that regard and there's so many cool and exciting things yeah. going on in this community. Yeah. I'd like to cover more of that. You know, those are the sort of things I think we'll drill down deeper into the areas that we currently cover. If there's any expansion, uh, I think there's a possibility a of expanding our coverage geographically, if you will, right um, mm, beyond Fort Worth. But I, yeah. but we felt like we started as a Fort we, we we started as a Fort Worth publication. That's what we are. Um, I think that over time we might expand that you know, beyond Fort Worth, out sure. into Northeast Tarrant County, certainly uh, uh, Arlington. Uh, but at this point, I think our primary focus really is Fort Worth. How many employees currently? I think we have 18. 18. Mm -hmm. yeah. I commend you on your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm going to ask a question, and then yep. you'll finish. You'll wrap us up. Sure. We'll get you out of here. Uh, trains, planes, automobiles, and water. I mean, you've done it all. What's next? You can't <laughs> slow down now. I mean, and now you're reporting back. You're kind of looking back. Hey, look at all that I built. Now I'm going to report on the status or the progress of it. <laughs> What it, where is there to go? You get into SpaceX or something like that, or think, you know? I think I'll end up going to the ranch. Is what I think. Yeah. I think that's probably where I'll, I'm spending more time at the ranch anyway yeah. in in Shackleford County, and uh, I enjoy that. And there's enough challenge there, and it's very different than anything I've really done before. You know, but you basis. enlightened me to Shackleford County and just kind of the um, the incredible place that that is, as far as the almost I would call it like ranch royalty in this in this state mm -hmm. that exists mm -hmm. there it's almost like a hamptons of a sort or something well I don't let's know, let's I don't be clear that. i'm not ranch royal no, no, but, it's, but it's, a fan, it's a beautiful place and a fantastic <laughs> place and uh I commend yeah, you for, it really is yeah. really remarkable it really is a remarkable place in such a uh in many many ways a wonderful retrospective if one wants to take it look at it that way as to what texas was in 19 20 and 30 and 40 you know mm -hmm. it's and, and still very vibrant and alive and that's a that's fun to see because it's one of the things that makes us unique and frankly that element exists in fort worth yeah well it's why is that so alive. meaningful to you was your were your folks like that did they instill that in you or i think or so that, yeah i think so yeah. okay I think so. Yeah. So a few months ago, I was at a dinner for the Clyburn competition, and I had the privilege okay. of sitting next to this lovely lady. Her name was Hannah. Uh, you might call her your daughter, I believe. Uh, I learned a really. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a wonderful story, but there's a story here about her name and how that all trans transpired. But I love you tell that story real quickly, if you don't mind. Well, it just was a, a connection between that and Toy Story, which was a. a um, the Pixar movie. Pixar movie, mm -hmm. and uh, my brother-in-law is involved. Was involved at Pixar really from the from the from the from the outset, and um, so I believe there was a character, and I think perhaps a name might have come from it's that. The sister but, in the the movie, right. the the daughter of the in the movie. So what daughter? The he, the the little boy, the girl that plays with all the toys. Her name oh. is Hannah. Oh, really? Yes. Wait, it's a girl's toys or it's a boy's? I thought it was a boy's toys. I think it's the boy's sister, sister. In, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, what? How did this happen? Well, I'm not exactly sure because I. <laughs> but she, I, this this character is named I after your daughter, I believe. Is I, what I, I was. I, I, I think. I think there may be there may be some truth to that. I can either Look, confirm he was or deny. Not to tell yeah, that's right. He's not getting paid on the deal. It's, it's a really neat, cool story. <laughs> yeah, so that's I thought fun. You know. That's fun. Yeah. Well, Bill, we've enjoyed the time. Thank this you, is fascinating. We, we always ask our guests uh, the last question. All familial affairs aside, no, no wife, no kids, none of that. No matter where they get their name. Do you mind if I tell this talk about the question? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no family matters at all, but what's the best day of your whole life? Oh gosh. I, I'd have I guess I'd have to say when 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 I have two kids, the days they were they, they were So born. you can't do the kids sing. Oh, okay. No that's, kids, a, yes. that's an that's yes. it's it's the easy one. That's why we that's, do that's, it. A, that's a really good one. That's a really Gubernatorial good one. Gubernatorial appointment to no, something. No, uh, no, no. And it Bush. would have it would have nothing to do with anything work related. It would be ranch it would be day. it would be it would be ranch focused, I would say. Probably the day that we acquired the the uh, uh, the Shackford County Ranch. Oh, nice! I thought that was just a it was some place we'd been looking for for a long time. And very that, nice, very good day. And then you built that from ground up for the most right. part, right? right? Like just kind of the whole vision. Put all that infrastructure in, <laughs> then water and roadways. Now and power. we see where we're. How coming can folks from. find the Fort Worth, Fort Worth report if they're if it's, they're hearing it's this? FortworthReport.org, I think. Mm -hmm. And a subscription cost zero zero dollars. Can't beat that deal. Free, no. free, mm -hmm. fair, and local. So yes. if you want to know That's some it. stuff, Britain Fort Worth report might be a good source for you. <laughs> yes, so, thank you. Yes, Right, yeah. yeah. Bill Meadows, the, the infra king, as we call <laughs> yeah. you now. Thank you for joining us. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Captex and Mike Thomas. Bill. Yep. Okay. Thank you, guys.
Thank you.